from a kind of like from a career guidance po- uh, a perspective, it's very much more um, directive uh, mm. than career coaching, where you're really um, helping the client to explore. No advice, no mm. guidance, no suggestions. You're helping the client to explore um, their own kind of thoughts and feelings just through a process of, of questioning. Thank you for joining me today. This is Joseph Greck, coach, trainer, and founder of Become Coaching and Training. And today, I'm your host on this podcast. In today's podcast, I will be talking to Richard Clements. Richard is a career coach and HR professional. And I'm hoping that through our discussion today, we'll be able to explore some of the main themes around career coaching, perhaps even how it differs from other related fields like career management, for example. I'm also sure that Richard will be able to provide us with some great hints and tips and perhaps some techniques that he uses in order to support his own clients. So I am with Rich. Uh, Rich, how are you doing today? I'm really very well, thank you. How are you? I am really excited to have you here with us and learn a little bit more about career coaching. Thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. So Richard, um, one of the first questions that I think is really interesting to talk about is what career coaching truly is all about. Because I know, you know, based on our discussions that we've had before, that you do both career management, career guidance, and career coaching as well. So what do you think is the difference between the two of them? Well, I think with any form of coaching, it's about helping a client to um, explore their own thoughts, to explore their own feelings, and through a process of reflection um, to help them answer their own questions um, and arrive at their own solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when you're giving guidance to uh, a client, it's much more directional, it's much more advice-based. Um, and so uh, there's two kind of, you know, they're quite, they're significantly different in my mm. opinion, in terms of um, help, how you help um, the client arrive at a, at a happy place. Right. Okay. So are we saying that the management guidance is slightly more directive? You know, you, do you tend to give a bit more advice or, su- or suggest things? How does that work in practice? Absolutely. Yeah, very much so. I mean, so with, um, with, with the kind of uh, career guidance um, and management aspects, it's really um, making suggestions to the client about, well, you know, have you considered doing this or mm-hmm. have you considered doing that? You know, have you thought about doing some volunteer work? Have you reached out to agencies um, who might right. be able to help you? Have you spoken to your uh, manager about, uh, you know, what your aspirations are, et cetera, et cetera. So based on my own experience of working in HR teams and partly being involved in um, staff um, development right. growth, um, I take that experience and use um, that as suggestions for um, the client. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, from a kind of like from a career guidance po- uh, perspective, it's very much more, um, directive uh, mm. than career coaching, where you're really um, helping the client to explore. No advice, no mm. guidance, no suggestions. You're helping the client to explore um, their own kind of thoughts and feelings just through a process of, of questioning. 
So that kind of, I'm, I'm intrigued by the two because how do you then, let's say a new client um, approaches you for, you know, for your coaching service or your guidance um, management service, then how do you decide kind of which avenue to take, whether you'll be directive or non-directive? Which, you know, that's based often around the, the client's requirements. I mean, sometimes sure. the, a client can have financial constraints that mean that they only, um, they only you know, can take an hour or two with me. In other cases, they can invest um, more in that um, relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also based around uh, the timeframes that are involved because sometimes a client will come to me and they need... Um, advice and guidance quite urgently, whereas other people are looking mm. at things from a much bigger picture perspective. And that means that um, sessions can be um, scheduled weekly over the course of several weeks, as opposed mm. to two or three sessions in a week. And uh, as you were saying that, an example came to mind of two kind of type of clients. One client perhaps who's got a job interview the yes. following week and needs some interviewing tips because they haven't interviewed in a long time versus mm-hmm. a client that says, I'm feeling really lost in my work. I don't mm-hmm. know what my next step could be. They're two slightly different types of clients. What would you say? Would you say that's... I think that's a really good example. Yeah, because often I get approached by people. Sometimes I get approached by clients who will say i've got an interview tonight or i've got an interview (laughs) tomorrow at which point you know you you really have a limited amount of time to help them and at that point it really i think is about being as directional as you possibly can i always try and put the ball into the client's court whatever so Mm. that they feel they can ask questions they can talk whenever they want to talk Um, but with the instance of a client who comes to me and they have an interview that day the next day, two days later, then uh, it has to be much more directional. But you're absolutely right. When a client comes um, to me and they um, know that there's something not quite right with where they're at in their career, or they have a feeling or a sensation that they want to have a change, but they don't know where to go in that case. um, Yeah. The coaching, um, the coaching framework would be more appropriate. Mm, That's that. Yeah. And that's really interesting to make the difference. So let's, uh, I mean, I'm really intrigued by the, of course, it's, this is much more about coaching. Um, I'm really intrigued by those clients who come to you and say, I'm feeling at a loss or the example that we mentioned. And I find that a lot of career coaches work with values, for example, and helping mm-hmm. supporting somebody explore their values in relation to work. Have you got any tips around that or anything that you use? Well, I think it's about, it's about, asking lots of open-ended questions Mm -hmm. to because often a client a client often a client may not have really explored what their values um, what their skills what their strengths what are the things that they enjoy those kind of things Mm. may not have been explored by the client beforehand Mm -hmm. and so while the client knows what those things are um, it's really about creating a forum facilitating a forum for that client to explore and the way that that is done is through asking lots and lots of open-ended questions that begin with you know what um how etc etc that get Mm. the client to really stimulate thought and get the client to explore their own thoughts and processes that reflective practice what Mm -hmm. i also find is really is, is sometimes clients can be a little bit not scared, but they find that values question quite difficult to really comprehend. You know, when somebody asks me, what are your values? 
to be honest, most of the time, I don't exactly fully know. But if mm. somebody then um, had to change that question to what is important to you in terms of work, what makes you happy at work? Yeah. Answer that more easily. So the importance of questioning and using the rights, you know, skillful questioning is really key. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's about filtering down, isn't it? Because you may have to, you know, you may have to be asking several questions for a client to be able to arrive at what are my values. Mm. Um, you know, that's, that it's not something that can be answered um, in, in just one question and answer. It's a process yeah. of exploration. Um, yeah. And there may be a number of different routes in to help the client identify what those values are. Um, and it's through utilizing a diverse range of questions to help yeah. get to that point. Yeah. And even getting the client, not thinking about themselves, but perhaps about somebody who's uh, somebody who they think is a role model or somebody they, they really respect and what values that person might have. Mm. And doing it the other way around and saying, well, what do you see in them that you really like? And how perhaps are you embodying those values yourself and kind of going in a roundabout way? Yeah, I think might I be think, useful. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say that in terms of coaching practice, I think often bringing um, other people into the mix in so much as asking people how they feel about people that they're working with and mm. what they enjoy about working with those people. And as you say, going through that process and saying, well, you know, what, what values do you respect in them uh, helps to almost offer like almost like I would say like a mental sounding board in the client's yeah. mind, because rather than looking at themselves in silo, in isolation, they then begin to look at other people. Yeah. And it's through that process of comparison and juxtaposing themselves with the other person that they're able to identify, okay, that's their values. These are my values. Perhaps I don't share that, that set of values, but in fact, we share these values. And then you're helping the client to, mm. to work down to that point. So I think, I think that's a really valuable way of helping yeah. someone to arrive at their own conclusions by not just asking them about them all the time, but also looking at the other people around them. I'm currently speaking to Richard Clements, a career coach. And as we're talking, I'm intrigued to understand a little bit more around what he thinks brings happiness uh, in careers and at work. So let's find out what he said. In order for an employee to be happy, they have to be engaged because if they're disengaged, they're not happy. So So I think it's about making sure that uh, an employee is um, truly engaged in what they do. Which is such a huge question itself, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, yeah. But uh, I can imagine, I mean, even thinking about the individuals who I've worked with, sometimes I have people who've um, started off coaching sessions by having their goal as, I want to be happy in my career. Yeah. I, want to be, I want to be engaged uh, with my career. And I currently don't have that. And I currently am struggling with that, mm. uh, which I think is you know, going back to the point that we were talking about earlier, exploring somebody's values, what's truly important for them, whether they're mm. using their skills, uh, links with that. Uh, for me, there is an element of meaning, isn't it? Like if somebody has got meaning in their work, if somebody feels yeah. that their work is valued, yes. then the chances of them being happy in what they do is, yeah. you know, is probably much higher than somebody who is doing a job that they don't particularly value or there's no meaning to it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, on the one hand, there's thinking about what are an employee's strengths. So what, mm. is, what is it they do well? What do they do? Often, what do they enjoy doing? What, what is it that, you know, on that respect that they find really engaging about particular tasks or duties? And then the other thing, like you said there, is about being valued. And that's yeah. much more around how an employer or an organization actually communicates to an employee that the work that they have done has been recognized as being valuable and it's the way that they feed that back to not just the individual but to the collective so that's a whole piece around uh employer to employee communication sure i mean thinking about um, let's perhaps move you know, you're talking about the the wider collective let's kind of like broaden it up to careers in general mm. um and coaching i mean how how do you think careers are changing and how perhaps do you feel that coaching you know, could support these career changes? Well, I mean, I think if we're going to be, you know, look at the at today, I mean, obviously there's a, there's a, a wider lens to look at, but mm. if we look at today and we look at what's actually happening in terms of um, COVID-19 and people being asked to work um, for, or being made to work um, yeah. from, from home, yeah. um, I think that coaching, I think there is, a really great opportunity for coaching to identify how individuals, how employees needs may be changing as a result of their new um, work from home mm. um, life. And I think that could be on a number of different levels. I think first and foremost, you could have things like, how am I going to lead a team? How am I going to performance manage individuals when I'm not working with them um, in close proximity? How am I going to do that? So I think there's a need um, to coach in that respect, how am I going to engage people? How can I keep people happy in their work and, and coach on that level? But also, when we think about how people are having to work in the home now, maybe if they've got children around, they're having to do their day jobs at home, maybe with two or three or four small children in the house, and they're supposed to be at home schooling their um, their children as well. And so there's this whole thing about how you can perhaps coach. Uh, the client to adapt to that new environment and also to learn to manage their work and their home life together effectively. So I think the opportunities for coaches are um, numerous. Mm. And I think that I don't think we've even thought through how we may even be able to help people yet, because I think it's such a big thing that yeah. um, that's currently happening. Different, yeah, I think there's loads of different ways that we can help people. And it's interesting how that, for me, it's going to impact the way that, you know, people have looked at careers and the way that careers have, you know, changed throughout the years. When you think about individuals having perhaps a job for life, working yes. within the same organisation to, you know, breaking some of those boundaries and moving to different organisations to what we've been seeing recently is a lot more freelancers, self-employed. Yeah. How is that going to be you know, will that remain the same? Is there going to be changes around that? I think that's an interesting um, aspect that we still don't know, like you said. Yeah, well, I mean, I think before, you know, the, the, the virus came along, I do agree with you that there was beginning to be a shift away from the kind of traditional 9-5 employee. Mm. There was beginning to be a shift away from, um, you know, the, I mean, for a long time, there's been a shift away from employee for life. I mean, people were, you, change, you know, people were already changing careers two, three, four, five times in their life to do um, very different things. Mm. But I think with the gig economy 
um, I think, yes, we were seeing people having a number of different skills that they could bring to an organization and maybe spending things like, you know, six months uh, working on a contract with one particular firm, let's say doing desktop publishing, and then maybe go to another firm and spend three months doing the social media. So I think mm-hmm. we were seeing people diversify their skill sets yeah. and also um, the way in which they were interacting with uh, their employers and using those skill sets. So I think... Yeah become much more diverse and i wonder if there be you know be more diverse those there'll, there'll be more actually embracing of this portfolio career you know people having you know seeing their career as a as a portfolio using different skills mm. the other aspect that i'm really reflecting upon recently is the way that um if, perhaps as a result of this you know covid19 that coaching we might be you know as career coaches working a lot more around uh, stress and pressure and managing that mm. either because of just working from home and the changes that that's going to bring in um, or even that work-life balance and the impact on you know that this you know, crucial change is going to have on work-life balance so I think yeah. there'll be perhaps more of a shift from the career management side to, to seeing more kind of non-directive career coaching as a result mm. of that what do you think? I would say in the short term, I definitely think we're going to see more of that coming up because this is the new normal now, um, but it is a massive shift in terms of how people are working. So I, I do agree with the, po- the point that you made about stress because people are adapting uh, and they're having to adapt uh, and transition very quickly. So I do definitely think in the short term that we're going to see mm-hmm. um, uh, a greater requirement to support people from a coaching perspective in that way. Mm. So then thinking about, um, I'd love to find out a bit more around some of the tools perhaps that you use in your career coaching sessions mm-hmm. or any frameworks or are there, you know, how, how do you, how do you support your career coaches? So if you're, if, if I'm coaching then I'd look to mm. use one of the popular models, maybe like the grow model mm-hmm. or the space model. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular with the latter, the space model is really an exploration around how someone is feeling mm. um, at a particular time. Yeah. Um, and so that is a really useful tool to help. Yeah. A, because often yeah. people don't stop to think about how they are feeling. They're getting on with their daily grind. You know, they're rushing around and they don't actually stop to think about the mental and the physical manifestations of what's going on around yeah. them and how that that is, is, is influencing how they feel and how they operate. And so I think the space model is particularly useful um, mm. for that because I think that brings out things that um, allows a client to experience sensations that although they may have experienced them in the past, they haven't actually consciously noticed them. Yeah. I love, I, I love the space framework as well. I use it quite a lot. And I'm thinking about career coaching, um, supporting somebody developing their, you know, develop, sorry, their confidence that's a really useful way how to use space, you know, getting them to really experience. And for our listeners who have not heard about the space model, um, feel free to research that up. It's a really useful framework that supports. It's, it's slightly more geared towards the more cognitive behavioral side of things. Um, and it's used quite a lot by coach therapists as, as well. But it's, it focuses a lot on the link between um, you know, the actual situation that somebody is in, their thinking patterns, their feeling, what they do as a result of that. But what I love about it is that it explores the physiology, the physical aspect. That yeah. Sometimes we don't, you know, we tend to forget. And mm-hmm. I've asked coaches in, in sessions, you know, physically, how do you, what happens in that moment? And a lot of coaches 
find that question difficult to answer. Yeah, absolutely. But I think through, you know, a period of a process of reflection, I think people mm. can help to, you know, it can be, they can be helped to identify maybe things like tension in their bodies. Maybe they might be sweating, the heart might be mm. racing. Uh, maybe they're, they're grinding their teeth. And so actually, the, you know, there can be ways in which um, uh, the body is expressing um, that that they may not have thought about in the past. Mm, yeah and it's a, it's it's a useful one so you mentioned grow you mentioned space are there is there is there anything else that you would say uh is particularly valuable i think visualization is a really useful mm. um to, tool and getting the, yeah. the client to really um, imagine uh a situation in their mind you may ask if a, if a client is um talking about uh career um development you might want to ask them how um, they imagine their manager or their colleagues uh, mm. maybe thinking or acting um, in a particular situation. And I think that's really useful. Yeah. Um, what, do, what do you think? Is that something that you're keen on? Yeah, definitely. I, um, I do love visualizations and I'm, I'm thinking in this specific scenario, perhaps visualizations also work with people who are quite logical because you've got an end result. For example, it's about, getting that promotion or getting that new role, whatever it is, um, or working better in teams. And I quite like using visualizations as like a storyboarding type activity where you get them to visualize what the end result and then what's the step that needs to happen before the end result and then the step before that. And with some clients, I also get them to draw it or write a statement and kind of see the flow. And I found it really helps because it's a, it's quite a logical step-by-step process. So mm. it's, a, it's an applied visualization, I would say. So then, uh, Richard, we talked a lot about, um, you know, your work and your career. Um, mm. So focusing a little bit about you, how do you keep on developing yourself as a coach? Well, I think it's always important to be, I mean, we're, you know what I mean? As part of the, the CIPD, we're, continu- we're, mm. we're expected to be continuous learners and continuous um, developers. And so I think it's always about that process of, of always looking at yourself and thinking about if there are things that could be done differently or done better or done more effectively mm-hmm. and that can be on a micro level or a macro level so for instance mm. let's say with the emergence of new technologies there may be ways to interact with clients that weren't previously available before so it's looking at what technology is available to you but also from an individual um, professional growth perspective for instance right now i'm undertaking uh, a coaching program mm. um, and that's something that i volunteer myself to do very much enjoying it but that's also challenging me but it's also helping me to grow so i think it's about never really taking your finger off the growth button mm. uh, for too long to make sure that you are on point with what you do and how you deliver your coaching great great yeah the importance you mentioned the cipd there that continuous professional development mm-hmm that we kind of commit to working you know, in, yeah. in L&D and in HR. Yeah. So um, before, can I just grab a couple more minutes with you? And I just yeah. love to perhaps before we end our podcast today is to get um, uh, a golden nugget, a tip from you that you would say okay. for aspiring career coaches or people who are interested in coaches, in coaching, sorry. Um, is there any advice that you could give us? 
Well, I think, you know, you, if you are wanting or considering being a um, career coach or a, a coach of any sort, you really need to think about your motivations. Mm. What is it that has led you to the point that uh, makes you think that you want to do this? Why are you wanting to do this? Um, job so thank you so much rich i think that was really really useful and it has been lovely having you here thank you so much for inviting me uh, today very much enjoyed um, talking uh, with you and look forward to speaking with you in the future take care of yourself rich take care thank you bye bye thank you very much for listening to today's podcast on career coaching i hope that you found the content useful and if indeed you have feel free to rate us or leave a comment on your favourite podcast provider. We're available on all major platforms, including Apple Music, Google Play and Spotify. Until we speak next time, I hope you stay well and stay safe. Take care.